Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Professionally Fit Radio. Professionally Fit is dedicated to female entrepreneurs and executives who are soaring in their fields and in their enterprises while still maintaining their health and wellness. At Professionally Fit, we help you to identify the direct correlation between your health and your career. Welcome to the show. I'll be your host and Professionally Fit founder, Ms. Lisa A. Smith, joined as always by my super dope co-host, Ms. Get Fit with Jay. Hey guys. On today's episode, we're talking about the state of your mental health. So in the past several years, with all of the advances in our technology and in our economy, we've seen seen an increase in education. Through all of that, we've still seen a decline in health. We've seen an increase in diabetes, obesity, heart disease, and cancer. But according to the National Institute of Health, they say in just 10 years, the economic costs of mental health or mental illness will outstretch diabetes and cancer. So there's a serious risk that we're going to do the same with our mental health that we've done with our physical health. So on today's episode, Jay and I want to talk about the importance of daily mental health practice Um, and how you need to value your mental fitness as much as you do your physical fitness. But first, wait, what? Wait, what is our segment where Jay and I talk about something we either saw, heard, or experienced in the last week that made us go, wait, what? Yes. And on today's episode, we're also going to introduce a new segment called Bridging the Gap, where we make the direct connection for you between your health and wellness and your career and or your business. So how do you really, really get professionally fit? So we'll be introducing that new segment at the end of today's show. But let's dive into our wait what. So my wait what It's perfect with regard to entrepreneurship. It was a wonderful real world lesson and super simple. So I was on an elevator recently at the casino because I live right across the street from the casino. So sometimes I have to park in their parking garage. And so I was on the elevator and on the elevator with me was another gentleman. He was dressed in a suit. He kind of had some stature about himself. Clearly, he worked for the casino and he had maybe a little pool. And here's how I figured it out. So we're in the elevator. And on in the elevator on the ground was about three or four pieces of like debris, trash, paper or whatever. Okay. So he whips out a phone, gets <laughs> on the phone and calls somebody, gets on the other line and he says, hello? Yeah. Jeff? Yeah. I'm on the elevator. Um, it's, on, it's the second elevator. When you're coming down the hall to your left, on the ground is some paper, some trash. Can you get somebody in here to clean it up? All right, thanks. The elevator stopped on the floor that we were getting off on, and we both got off the elevator. <laughs> Wait. What? First of all, okay. I, okay, shout out to people with pool. I like that. Just, you know what? I'm just going to make a call, and they're going to call, make a call, whatever. Yeah. But why did he just pick the paper up? Exactly. Okay. I have, I was so shocked. I'm like, what? wait, wait, what? I'm like, sir, if this is your bit, if you're the manager, supervisor, whatever, if you see trash on the floor, 
you went through all of the work to call someone and tell them to come and pick it up. Yeah, for sure. And got off the elevator and left it there. And for God knows how long, 10, 15 minutes, whatever the maintenance is going to be able to get to the elevator and find it. And he went through all the hassle of describing the specific elevator because there's like five elevators in a right. row. So you yeah. have to know which one to go right. to. The northeast corner of the second. I mean, really. Come off. If you're facing north, you make a left. <laughs> if you, And I'm like, wait, when does entrepreneurship or business or executive status get so big that you're above just picking up trash off the floor to make sure you're establishment is presentable like regardless if there is somebody in place whose job that is you should still be you know tuned in enough to your brand to your business or whatever that it's not beneath you to pick up some trash and throw it away you know what that that reminds me of when you uh, told me we were talking about volunteering and giving and giving back to the community and how people will say oh when I get rich I'll do this and when I and then someone you know politely informed you that if you are a person that gives you're a person that gives if you have if you have a hundred dollars and won't give a dollar that means if you have a million dollars you won't give a thousand dollars you're still the same person mm-hmm. so basically that person that you're describing probably would have never picked up paper regardless of his status mm-hmm. so that's just who that person is mm-hmm. um a title doesn't i mean yeah it makes people feel different and more authoritative but a person that will see a paper and pick up a paper is a person that will see a paper and pick up a paper regardless, Right. I believe. Right. Yeah, so that's definitely not just his status. That's the person who he, he is. Because I remember um, working at Bastogne, the restaurant that you and I worked at together. Mm-hmm. Um, our boss used to pick up paper. It just really bothered him. Mm-hmm. And so what he would start doing is he would literally intentionally put papers on the floor. And he would write something on the back of the paper on random piece of paper. So if you happen to be an employee and pick up this paper, it will say free lunch mm-hmm. on. So what he did was got people to pick up paper like uh, you because you never knew what would be behind each paper. It may say free lunch or maybe just a paper throw away. But or... you guys didn't know something was written on it, right? He was just trying to see if you would pick it up. He that was his incentive. So. I, he wrote it on random pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. So when you pick it up, if nothing's on there, just throw it away. But what I'm saying is who usually picks up something and look at it? Don't you usually just pick it up and throw it away? One person was like, oh, my God, it says, um, you know, he signed the bottom when they, because, you know, when you're in a restaurant and something drops, uh-huh. because customers drop things all the time, you automatically oh, read it. Got like it. Like, it could be someone's receipt. You, we, you know, at a restaurant, you don't just throw things away like you're on the street. You literally, right. maybe this is someone, something, something, maybe I should give it to the bartender. Okay. So you naturally read it, and it says free lunch from manager such and such, blah, blah, blah. Got it. And thank you for doing a great job right so and then people got word of that so we would like fight the big other i gotta know i saw it first and that kind of what he could have done instead of you know offer incentive or don't just be a jerk about it right much you know there's ways to encourage people to do things not saying that you always have to offer an incentive but at least pick up the paper yourself and make people's job enjoyable because i imagine that this boss is probably like that with a lot of things. Yeah, the story you were talking about was Tony Robbins, who I heard say that, um, one of the top motivational speakers in the world, he was telling a story about when he was like at his brokest, yeah. and he went into the restaurant with like his last $10, 
and he saw this little boy with his mom and he gave the little boy some of his money to treat his mom to lunch and he was just yeah he was just saying even though I was at my last few bucks I still gave some of it away to help someone and that's exactly what he said like if you won't give a dollar out of ten dollars you're still not going to give ten thousand out of one million exactly you know and yeah you're right it's just who you are you're right this guy regardless of what position he had reached at the casino he probably never yeah, would have picked up paper. Thought he was above doing this or doing that. Yeah, Definitely. yeah, man, it was so crazy to me. I was, I was so shocked. So you just gonna walk away from this trash on this elevator? I don't do that. Okay, so I, um, my weight what is? So you know, guys know that I'm vegan. My kids are not vegan, but I do limit their dairy extremely with dairy. I've cut pretty much ninety percent of dairy out of their lives, and um, only give them fish. So. The school <laughs> decided, so I, we would get these bills from the school, mm-hmm. um, from them giving them a lunch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, we send them with a lunch. Like, why are we constantly getting these bills for them giving you a lunch? And my daughter said, well, they said if, if they see that we don't have meat in our lunch, they give us a lunch. I was like, wait, what? what? Yes. I was so mad. I was like, tell them. That is not our lifestyle. We do not, first of all, even if I wasn't vegetarian or vegan, you do not eat meat with every meal. And secondly, this is a choice for my family. Don't, how dare you tell me that because you don't have meat in your kids' lunch, we're going to provide that. People are so um, conditioned or trained or whatever the word is that I'm looking for to believe that if you aren't eating meat, that you are lacking something and that you aren't sufficient in the nutrients and, and all that. And you're giving them crap. On top of that. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm going to charge you for it. Oh, and I'm going to charge for it. And I'm going to send you a bill for it. Yeah. So I had, they they stopped doing it once I told her, like, I really don't want to come up there. Let them know. Do not give you uh, a lunch unless I send you with money to get you a lunch. And then they, were your kids eating it? Chances are they weren't because they're so picky. Mm-hmm. But possibly, I mean, I don't what type of meat they could have been giving them pork or anything right so don't how dare you just decide you don't have meat in your lunch so you your parents didn't provide the the adequate Adequate substance right Right. yeah that that happened how presumptuous that's unbelievable to me it it was unbelievable to me too wow yeah okay well let's delve into the show (laughs) wow who knew um Okay, so today, guys, we're talking about mental health and the importance of intentionally practicing healthy mental health. I believe mental health is one of those things that we take for granted. And we're not even talking about necessarily a mental health diagnosis when it comes to like depression or anxiety which is super common but we're just talking about how certain stressors in life can become really overwhelming and what are you doing on a daily basis to ensure that you're staying psychologically and emotionally fit because we focus heavily on our physical fitness by going to the gym and eating a clean diet we focus heavily on our financial fitness by creating budgets and saving money 
and you know trying to become debt free we focus heavily on our career and our businesses by putting daily practices into place to ensure that we're thriving in those areas but are we intentionally putting practices into place to ensure that we are thriving psychologically and mentally and are able to take on and handle the consistent burdens that life hands us and so I want to talk about, Jay and I are going to both talk about two things that you can do to ensure that you are practicing healthy mental health. And so one of the first that I am going to talk about really quickly is fasting. Um, A lot of people, if you've been listening to me for a while, know me. If you're a part of your client at Professionally Fit, then you know that I fast every week. Every Tuesday I fast and The reason I started fasting every week is because the amount of energy that your body uses to digest food is around 40 to 60%, depending on the type of meal you have. And so your body uses that energy to digest your food, which means when you fast and your body, and the last meal you had, it usually takes about a full eight hours for it to fully digest anything past that eight hours, you now have freed up that energy to do other functions in your body, like regenerate your cells and things like this. So fasting really, really helps to reroute some of that energy to all of your mental and cognitive functioning. So for me, I fast every week, not because of anything that has to do with my physical health, but for my mental health as well. It is so powerful to be able to deny yourself something in a moment when you really really want it so I really really want to eat right my stomach is telling me that I'm hungry I've gone gone hours without a meal but I mentally make the decision to not eat and I cannot tell you how powerful that is and how strong it makes me every week it I'm literally building my mental muscle Your mental muscle, your mind is the strongest muscle you have. And when you strengthen that, I promise you, you can do all the other things that you think that you have previously thought you didn't have the strength to do. It makes me so much stronger in so many other areas when I fast and when I intentionally tell myself no, when I intentionally put off doing something I really want to do, aka eating, until a certain designated time regardless of how I feel physically. And so every week I am so strong and so sharp on Tuesdays. My mind is always, I'm always firing on all cylinders. Um, And then it makes me strong in other areas too. When I have to literally, like for example, buckle down and study when I would prefer to be working on something on the business or I would prefer to hang out with my friends, I decide to buckle down and study. If I say, okay, Lisa, you're going to study for two hours straight with no interruptions, it's easier for me to do that because I fast on Tuesdays, if you get my meaning. I am much stronger cognitively. I am much, much sharper and I am much more disciplined. And so I work on intentionally building that mental muscle and that mental strength when I fast. And then that carryovers in other areas of my life. If I say I'm not going to spend money on frivolous things, it's much easier to do that now because I intentionally strengthen those fortitude muscles. And so that's my first way that I would suggest starting to implement some type of mental health 
strategy. What did you think? Remember, I started off at just twelve hours fasting. Yeah, so you're at uh, for how many? How many hours? I'm now? at twenty two hours now. Wow, I'm impressed. Thanks. I'm impressed. Someone uh, tried to do this <laughs> fasting thing, and I and I warned them. I said, you know, because of what we discussed with fasting, like whatever you ate, um, previous um, prior to fasting may make you feel a certain type of way. So perhaps maybe you need to clean your diet up a little bit <laughs> before happened? you fast. And I was like, so what I would suggest is, you know, just do, like three or four hours of fasting. See how you feel. Then try. Like, no, I'm going to do three days. I said, okay. You know, sometimes you just got to let people, you know, hang themselves with their own rope and then see how it's going to go. <laughs> you know, did how did that go? They they ordered the stuff because it wasn't just 100%. You do 100% fasting, just water. They were buying like um this juice with like... um vegetables and stuff like that oh okay a and, juice fast a juice fast okay and i was like okay and i was like did you do the by the juice and did you start because they gave me a start date they was like oh, i was so hungry i couldn't do it like yeah your body is not conditioned enough to do that so it really is work to uh fast you can't just up and fast no fasting <laughs> in and within itself needs some type of um you need to kind of be on a certain level before you get to like six seven hours or and especially 2024 20, so don't just up and fast please. no no you have to start off and and, and it starts days before if you're yeah, starting on monday definitely. your fast doesn't start on monday your fast you actually start on saturday with cleaning out of your system of all yeah, those toxins the meals definitely. that you have before need to be super clean because all of that is going to rush into your bloodstream if you're not feeding your body now your body is freeing up all that space and so you have to be super super regimented even a couple days before you start so there we've talked about it on past shows we're not going to spend a lot of time on it now um, but that is one of my surefire ways of practicing healthy mental health okay so mine is a little bit more broad Um, it's basically what helps me be emotionally fit is knowing my triggers knowing my triggers and self-awareness so what I mean by that is I know for sure every time if I'm invited out at nighttime, if it's not something that I 100% enjoy, such as poetry or something like that, that it's going, I'm going to kind of be in kind of a bad mood and tired and wishing I wasn't there. And so I had, I had to learn the power of saying no to friends, to family, and, and knowing myself enough to like, Jay, you, you won't enjoy yourself because I used to say yes to a lot of things. And before I would start getting dressed and things like that, I would start to feel stressed out. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I spending my time to do something that I don't want to do? Why did I say yes to this? Why am I going here? Why can I be a stronger person and let them know, hey, this is not for me anymore. And so just learning yourself and being able to be self-aware helps your emotionally, um, help your emotional wellness. Also, um, setting yourself up for your triggers. And what I mean by that is I know what will aggravate me, things that, that, that I don't have control over. So say, for instance, if you know when you get to work that your boss is going to have shout out 10 things that you have to do and you're thinking in your head every day, I know my job, and you immediately get stressed, start prepping and preparing for that, meditating on, I will not let my boss stress me. I will not go to work and let the same thing that stressed me out last week and the week before that stressed me out today. I think one of the biggest misconceptions with mental health and emotional wellness is that it does not take work and that it should come naturally. Yes. Mental health does not necessarily come 
naturally, especially for people who have a lot on their plates or who have a lot of stressors, such as kids that are not doing this or not doing that, spouses who are not doing this, um, income bills, maybe not um, being paid on time. You have a lot of things as an adult that you have to, I remember it may have been you when somebody was like, you're lucky that I'm just living like that's That's what I did today. I survived another day. Like, uh, why is that not good enough in this crazy world? Right. And sometimes that is good enough, just not going crazy. And sometimes you have to manage that yes. and don't um, minimize the fact that, you know, it's just work. I, you know, it's just this or it's just that. All these things together is a lot on one person. So knowing what your stressors are and learning how to manage them. One of the things that I personally do is I get up intentionally early, even when I don't want to. There's something about starting my day off just for me Mm -hmm. that really puts me in a better mental space. Because when you hit the ground running for other things, for other people, immediately getting asked for things such as you're having to get your kids dressed for school or immediately having to um, get your oil changed on the weekend or immediately having to do something for something someone else I believe each day should start off with something that will enhance your life whether it is exercise whether it's um, just sitting back with your newspaper whether it's just reading a chapter of a, a book something that will kind of, I like what you said about grounding when it brings you back to zero emotionally. We talked about grounding physically in the last episode, but I want to emotionally ground yourself. So you may start, when you hit the ground running, you may start off at 20, hit the ground at 30. You need to start off at zero because it's taking up some of your emotional space when you don't start at zero and now you hit the ground and it's like, okay, get your school clothes on or let me go and do this. No, start at doing something to kind of level yourself out, put you in a better space so that you have more room for those stressors. And so you won't be at a hundred. Maybe the things that happen that would have put you at a hundred will only put you at 20 today. So how you start your day off um, is, is really important. It really is. It really is. Um, and I think we've talked about mastering your morning. We did talk about mastering your morning. Okay, yeah, and, and several episodes. And, and I've mentioned on several occasions, like, the most successful people in the world do one of six things every single morning. Like, not some mornings, not when they feel like it, not when they're on vacation, yeah. but every single morning they do at least exercising, journaling, meditation, affirmations, um, all of these healthy practices, writing or reading, they do one of these every morning. And like Jay said, that is time that you are dedicating to self. We promote self-preservation so much and we cannot say it enough that these are in the key word here, guys. The key word is these things are intentional. This is not when you find time. This is not, okay, spring break or winter break is next week and I'm going to take that time for me. No, the, you need to be taking time for yourself in the midst of the chaos, not when yes, it definitely. slows down. Definitely. definitely. Right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, a few of the things that I practice as well, I'm going to bunch these all in the same uh, umbrella, are gratitude, service, meditation, and visualization. And so I stay in those four zones constantly. Gratitude, service, visualization, and meditation. I make it very, very intentional on an ongoing and regular basis every single day i recite something that i'm grateful for to keep me grounded that's the that's the word of the week apparently (laughs) um um, but to keep me grounded you have no idea or maybe you do or how quickly 
or easy it is to become forgetful of how blessed we are and how much we need to be grateful for. And so going through every day and maybe reciting three to six things that you're grateful for is really, really empowering, right? Um, another thing is meditation. I personally like guided meditation. And so I put on some guided meditation and I take time to be still and be quiet, to let my thoughts do what they're going to do, to go inward. I practice breathing quite a bit. I oxidate my body quite a bit with deep breathing exercises. This helps to slow the mind down as well. This really helps in intense moments of stress. Like I'll be in the middle of a really tough exam, for example, um, and I will just stop and do like 20 seconds of breathing exercises. I coach my clients through this as well because this is all a part of overall health. So breathing, meditation. For me, I like guided meditation. Gratitude and then service. At Professionally Fit, every quarter, we take on one scholarship recipient and we offer them three months of free online personal training and nutritional coaching. And so at you know Professionally Fit, I'm always in service to our clients, whether they're paying or non-paying, because it is so, so important to stay mindful that no matter what you're doing, there's always a way that you can give back. And so staying in service helps to keep you grounded, helps to keep you mentally and psychologically fit, because what happens is we get so wrapped up in self, we get so wrapped up in what our own issues are and what problems we have in our own life that we begin to get tunnel vision and we only want to work on or address or harp on all of our own personal issues. So when you take intentional time, even when you're at your busiest in your life to help and serve someone else, it also helps to keep you really, really in a state of realism mm -hmm. like that. Even though your problems and your issues seems like the biggest, most overwhelming thing in the world right now, there's someone else with a whole nother set that you're happy not to have. And so it's really important to stay in a place of gratitude and service as well. That really, really helps to keep me psychologically and emotionally fit. Excellent. So um, I'm going to bunch a few together too. I'm going to rattle off some and then I'll um, explain a few that I personally practice. So what emotionally fit people do is they know when to move on. Em emotionally fit people have self-awareness. Um, emotionally fit people can see the big picture. They are able to optimize a window of opportunity. They are able to express empathy. And emotionally fit people don't become fixated on one outcome. They are able to generate alternate solutions, understand the value of in-person engagement. That is so important. And emotionally fit people know what perfection is and that they, um, and that it's not always possible. So one of the things that I want um, to personally talk about is engagement. Um, and that's in-person engagement. We are living in a land of technology, social media, and things like that. And I and I learned this actually from someone that I work with. I noticed like when we would ride the shuttle together, I was always scrolling on my phone, even when she was talking to me. And she would like put her phone in her purse and like literally try to engage me the whole time. And, and I would be answering her questions, talking, laughing while scrolling. Mm -hmm. And I had to check myself. I was like, you need to really practice this in-person thing. You have become so part of the social media. You've been pulled in too deep. Powering off, engaging with the people in your life, such as your friends. Don't think just because you guys keep up with each other on 
uh, Facebook or Instagram that you guys are actually engaging in social interaction with your kids just because you are in the home with them. Don't think that you are engaging in social interaction when you're married or in a relationship and you guys go out to dinner and you're both on your phone. Don't think that you're engaging in social interaction. The reason why I'm making it part of this mental piece is that it's important. We as human beings, we are designed to want to interact with other human beings. This is nature. And so they they threw a little, they threw, they threw us off track with all of this technology. And it, it's kind of messing up the flow of things. But get back to the basics of engaging with people face-to-face. Shut your, power your phone off. If not powering off because you need to be in contact, you know, be able to be contacted at all times. At, at the very minimum, when someone is not calling or someone has not texted you, don't scroll on, inter, um, on social media or the internet or anything like that. Really spend quality time with people. That can enhance your life tremendously. Um, I cannot explain how much going out with people, laughing, talking, joking, um, getting our tea, even doing this podcast adds value to my life. And I've, I've um, downloaded, we, we spoke about this before, a, um, an app. It's called Off Time. And I literally force myself to go off of um, social media. If I try to go on there, it will tell me, no, you have better things to do. Uh, no, didn't you say you needed uh, two hours offline and things like that. So if you're not strong enough to do it, force yourself. One of the things, oh, we wanted to talk about this in a podcast before is um, the lion and the gazelle and forcing the lion yeah. into your life. So Lisa and I were discussing this Um we were saying, I was saying like, oh my God, I have so many things that I need to do at home. I want to give this away and I want to have this at my house, but I need to like do spring cleaning and all this stuff. And she was telling me like the lion and gazelle thing when the lion forces the gazelle to move. And she was saying, you sometimes have to put a lion in your life. So what that means is you maybe have to implement something that forces you to do something. For instance, when I wanted to clean my house from top to bottom, I scheduled a party. I scheduled a party two weeks. So that forced me to clean my house up from top to bottom. So sometimes when you need to do something for your emotional wellness, force yourself. Um, maybe send out an email, hey, I'm having a gathering at my house or Send out to all your friends a text message. Let's all do dinner. Pick a date. You've already put it out there. So it will force you, if you know the type of person that you are, to interact with these people because you put the lion in your life. Now you have to move. Social interaction is very, very important, as well as eliminating the people that cause the stressors. So I talked about um, engaging with people for social health, but disengaging with people um, for social health. I cannot tell you how many times people have ran and invented to me about the people in their life that they could just remove. And I, we are conditioned to be loyal. We are conditioned to be um, these people that, oh, this is my cousin. This is my, you know, whomever. I got to put up with it. Why do you believe that? Other people, your life can be going fine. They can come around and add the problems from their life and kind of, interjected into yours so be uh, aware of the people that you keep uh, around you because mm -hmm. they can be a stressor yeah 
Exactly. A thousand percent. That was a good one, too. Uh, I forgot about that lion and gazelle conversation. (laughs) It's so important. And it's so funny that when we start doing that so often, we implement it. We don't even realize that it's an intentional practice anymore because now it's kind of my habit. You know what? This us sitting um, like doing things by the gym is like my lion. I came to do this podcast dressed um, in my fitness clothes because I know I don't feel like it today. I had a late night and I was like, even though I'm not forced to do it, but I know, okay, you have on these workout clothes. Yes. You're near the gym. Okay. It's like the lion creeping up on me. Right. Like, you better run. Right. It's so true. So yeah. true. So hopefully, guys, you know, that really helps to put things in perspective for you. I, I challenge you on this week to make your mental health practices super, super intentional because it is just like your physical health. It is synonymous with making sure that you are healthy on all features or excuse me on all levels and and don't assume that your mental health is something that just happens automatically but you have to put it in practice so finally we're going to move into our final segment called bridging the gap and bridging the gap is all about connecting our topic for today with your career and or your business and so why is mental health specifically important as an entrepreneur and or a career person, meaning if you just have a regular nine to five, why is this important? Well, I'm going to rattle off really quickly why it is. Intellectually, as an entrepreneur, you must be able to process, record, and analyze data. Remember dates, times, and names, and appointments, small fun facts about clients, potential business partners, and colleagues. So mentally, if you're overwhelmed and constantly being swamped, and are not able to compartmentalize your personal from your business to your familial issues, then intellectually, you won't be able to thrive in your business. Emotionally, why is mental health important in your career? You must be able to cope with daily unpredictability of your industry, people, social media, your competition. Emotionally, you have to be able to go through that roller coaster every day in your business, right? Cognitively, you must be consistently creative, able to get into what's called flow and write and design copy and content for your website, for your products. You must be able to create valuable content and push past mediocrity every single day. So this is specifically why intentional mental health practices is super important, guys, because you need to be able to thrive and play at a much higher level if you're if you if you want to win, not just lose, but if you want to win, because those are two totally different things. Not losing and winning are two totally different things. And so, if you want to play at that high of a level, that begins with the food you eat, the exercise that you do, the thoughts that you think, and the mental health practices that you have in place. Absolutely. So she spoke on the entrepreneurial standpoint, and I want to speak on the nine to fivers like myself. The reason why mental health is so important is how you do anything is how you do everything. If you go to work, you're not giving your all, you're stressed out, that carries over from your job to your workplace, to your social life. Also, you need to add value wherever you are, period. Yes, they're paying you. Yes, you're going to get paid regardless. Yes, you can do a half job or whatever but why would you do that you build a culture within yourself of have doing things so go to your job with your um emotions on point so that you can be the best version of yourself also your energy if you want a promotion and you want to be 
um, promote it. Your energy, you need to be in the right emotional space so that whoever that you're trying to get to put you in a higher position can feel that energy. Don't think your worth ethic always speaks for itself. Exactly. Sometimes your energy will speak before you even come fully, completely into the room. And people like myself, I I feel energy before I see anything. So if you want a promotion, get your spirit and your emotional wellness together. Um, one last thing. Um, when you, when I say create a culture, you can influence those around you. How you Like I got on the elevator before and the lady was like, oh, long day. And I'm just like... It's go. It's it's all right. You're gonna get what time you get off in a couple hours. Like just just make the most of this day. And then that lady may have told someone else and someone else. And so you can literally create a different um, charge in the area that you are by having your emotional fitness on point and your energy on point. Absolutely. Um, and I heard something this week that I thought was really cool is that if you have the impulse to do something, if you don't take action within five seconds of having that impulse, then you're basically pulling the emergency brake and killing the idea. So you have to match a mental idea with a physical action okay. within five seconds of having the idea. Five seconds. Yeah. 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 So whether that means just whipping out your phone and making a note, sending a text message, um, downloading a quick app. But if you're like, you know what, I should start meditating that immediately you need to take action to put that into place and get the ball rolling on that. And so it's kind of like a new five second rule. Um, So so, you know, when you have the impulse to be healthier and because we have these ideas all the time, like I should start doing this. I should do this. I should do that. And how much of it do we really implement? So it's really, really, really critical guys um i hope you enjoyed this episode mental health and um emotional and psychological health is so personal to me it's so important jay talked about today um the quality of your interactions being so important i'm in the process of creating a course called sci-fi and it stands for psychological fitness right and so our sci-fi course is talks about one of the modules the quality of your interactions and so look forward to that coming down the pike if you still need a little more guidance on how to implement your psychological fitness. As always, you can get this episode and all of our other episodes at professionallyfit.co. We're also on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search for Professionally Fit. It is March 2017. I hope you've kicked off your month in an amazing way and looking forward to blowing the rest of this year out of the water. Until next time, be well. Peace, guys.